Hello, and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Deeker, and I'll be talking to you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Hey guys, in this video, I'm going to compare all the most common ways to meet women in 2022. I'll look at their pros and their cons, and at the end, I'll rank them from worst to best. These results come from my work with clients over the last 13 years, as well as the change in dating habits that are occurring around the world due to changes in technology, social expectations, and of course, the plague that doesn't know when to just GTFO. Okay, so I'm going to look at the following ways of meeting women in this video. Online dating, travel dating, introduction agencies, mail order dating, cold approaching, social circle, which includes building a date worthy social circle for yourself, and singles events. If you don't want to watch the whole thing, feel free to skip ahead with the chapter markings below. So let's get started by looking at online dating. And I'm pretty sure that by now, 90% of you watching have tried online dating at least once before. Back in the early days of Tinder, it used to be ridiculously easy to get results. But as more and more of the population has hopped on, the competitive landscape has gotten even harder. On top of this, both men and women are suffering dating fatigue, which results in a cripplingly low attention span. That isn't to say that you can't get results in online dating because I'm surrounded by clients who are consistently going on dates. But it's no longer a turnkey solution where you just show up and expect instant results. Unless you're used to self-promotion on Instagram or other social media, you're likely going to have a learning curve ahead of you to get competitive. The good news is that the learning curve is nowhere near as steep for most guys as for cold approaching or social circle. So who is online dating good for? Guys who don't want to have to learn a new set of social skills. Guys who are above average in looks. Guys who are resilient to low-key rejection. And guys who live in decent-sized cities over 500,000 in population. Who should avoid online dating? Well, the opposite, really. Guys who are below average in looks, Um, You know, this is such a look-centric medium that there are better options for you. Uh, Guys in smaller cities, guys who are sensitive to ghosting, because that's a behavior that's going to happen to you a lot. Now, notice I didn't bring race into the equation. That's because the race, while it can impact your results on online dating, um, there are actually strategies to work around this quite effectively. So it doesn't have to be a factor in whether you do or don't join an online dating site. And FYI, if you are interested in online dating, you should definitely check out my School of Online Dating program, which I'll link to in the video comments below. How about travel dating? This is where you travel to a different country where you're likely to be far more popular. Now, often this is a third world country when you're from a first world country, But that doesn't always have to be the case. For example, I live in Australia and have had a couple of Jamaican clients and the women went nuts for their accent. Now, I want to quickly distinguish between sex tourism and dating in another country because right now what I'm referring to is dating in that country as opposed to paying for sexual services. 
Travel dating is insanely effective if you live in a first world country and have done so for most of your life. Of course, being white makes it even easier, but it isn't a requirement. I've taken black students out in Thailand, for example, and they do very well. Simply put, in many third world countries, it's just stupid easy to meet women who would like to date you. But, obviously, it's not all clear sailing. First of all, many of them are hoping to date a guy who can help support them and their families. Or at least help them live in a first world country. And they can't be blamed for that. But that doesn't mean that real feelings aren't there. In fact, I've seen a good number of successful relationships begin this way. But there are still a higher percentage of women trying to use you than you'd normally experience in your own country. Also, there's the cost of travel and the fact that you'll need to spend a good amount of time with a woman if you want to form a long-term relationship, etc. This is an easy strategy for someone like myself, who can easily spend a good bit of his life anywhere around the world and still work and make a living. But for most guys, this just isn't very feasible. But it's still a good way to get going on dates and meet some pretty cool women. So introductions agencies are one of my least favorite ways for people to meet people. This is a method that's often employed these days by wealthy, busy individuals. And sometimes these services can work. But what I see happening a lot of the time is people who lack social skills or have some serious emotional work to do on themselves before they're really ready to find the right partner. And then they get introduced to people who are in the same boat. So on paper, they may be a great match. But neither party is even really 100% dateable right now. For the money spent on introduction agencies, you'd usually do better with alternative strategies. So how about mail order brides? Well, actually, I'm not as much of a hater on this strategy as I think many of you may assume that I'd be. Um, But I will first of all say that this is the strategy that I have the least exposure to. The modern mail-order bride system is really a blend between introduction agencies and travel dating. Most of the time these days, you'll actually travel to the countries in question to be introduced to a bunch of different potential women in that country. I've known a number of couples now who began this way and who had mutual respect for each other and the situation and have made it work really, really well. I don't think I'd personally recommend anyone to use this specific strategy because It's unnecessarily pricey, and if you haven't done the necessary work on yourself to be self-aware, have good boundaries, and good gut instinct about people, you can be staring down the barrel of a hell of a lot of pain. How about cold approaching? Cold approaching still remains one of my favorite ways of meeting women. For myself personally, if I just had to rely on the one way of meeting women for the rest of my life, this would be it. I wouldn't even have to hesitate for a moment. You meet the largest variety of women. You meet the most intelligent, attractive, well-educated women this way as well. I've also had many below-average-looking clients do quite well with cold approaching. Not just looks, but also things like height, race, etc. With cold approaching, you can do a hell of a lot with styling and personality and social skills. But cold approaching isn't for every guy. First of all... There's the learning curve. It's by far the steepest one of all the strategies out there. And sure, some guys will very quickly get the hang of it and do really well in just a week or two. 
But 80% of guys take many, many months of practice to get anywhere at all. I tell guys if they want to get really decent at cold approaching, it's going to take them closer to a year of consistent practice. Personally, I think that the time invested is more than worth it because it impacts every area of your life. And not just dating. (laughs) The hardcore social skills you develop, you'll use in your professional and personal life. But many men don't have the time to invest. I've seen introverts and extroverts alike do well with cold approaching, although introverts generally do better approaching during the daytime. Also, learning to cold approach means facing the highest level of rejection by a substantial margin, and those rejections will be direct and face-to-face. Next, let's look at social circle. This is also a method for meeting women that I enjoy, and it can have a really decent payoff. When I talk about social circle, I'm often talking about joining hobbies, social groups, etc. that will include women. The downside to this is that it takes a lot of time commitment. For example, the most recent social group I joined was salsa and bachata dancing. I started going two nights a week, two hours each night. That's two nights a week I've dedicated to this new hobby. Then it took me a bit over a month to start to get familiar with some people and make friends. Then I'd get invited to salsa events on weekends, so that would now be a third night a week that I'd have to dedicate. So as you can imagine in this time, I'm getting to know a very large number of women. Now, some of these women are just friends, but they're all part of a social network that gets large very quickly. There are lots of different social groups you could engage with, but some are better than others. Joining a drone flying club is less likely to bring you face-to-face with women than joining a weekly photography group, for example. There are other downsides to social circle as well. For example, women talk. So if you try to sleep with too many women in your social circle, you can get into trouble. Although that depends on the community. Dancing communities, for example, are a lot more sexually promiscuous than photography groups. Tantra groups have a concept of promiscuity that some guys will struggle to understand. Each group definitely has its own dynamic. Also, many social circles still require you to get out of your shell um, and be forcibly social on a large scale with many people. Many men won't like this idea. Lastly, what about singles events? Pretty much every major city in the world has singles events, from speed dating to singles paint and sip nights and so on. I'll say this about singles nights. They are fantastic for meeting women and being social. But generally, men aren't meeting the kinds of women they want to meet at these events. I have a niggling suspicion that singles events are going to become more popular in the next five years as online dating becomes ever more unpopular. So this may well change, but for the moment, look at singles events as a great space to practice flirting and have a fun social night out. So how would I rank all of these strategies? In last place, I'd put mail order brides because you'd always be better off doing travel dating and cutting out the pricey middleman. And I've heard way too many stories of dodgy mail order bride companies doing shady things that ruin the experience. In sixth place, I put introduction agencies. I think that if you have plenty of money and you're very time poor, that some of the very boutique agencies out there are worth exploring. They have access to some very exclusive clientele, but you'll most certainly be paying through the nose for the luxury. So for most guys, these agencies aren't the best way to spend your money. 
In fifth place would be singles events. Now, I don't want to bag these out because I've personally had a lot of fun at these in the past and I'll continue to go to singles events in the future. But I focus on being social and having fun and then occasionally meeting cool women. You still really need to have a decent set of social skills to thrive at these events. And if you already have these skills, you could always just meet women in alternative ways. In fourth place would be travel dating. I hesitate to put this in fourth place because of how damn easy it can be for many guys. I think I ranked it fourth because of its accessibility and potential for complicating your life. If you look at travel dating as a way to boost your self-esteem, build some social skills, feel popular, potentially meet someone amazing, a great way to spend a month away, then yeah, I think go for it. If you just want to have sex and have some fun, go for it. (laughs) But pick your countries wisely because many third world countries are more conservative. However, if you want to meet a long-term partner, this can also work, but you're going to need a healthy sense of boundaries and not just be liable to fall head over heels for the first pretty girl to want to spend time with you, because that can that can and regularly does lead to disaster. In third place is online dating. If I was making this video three years ago, I would have put it in position number one or two, but competition and online dating fatigue have become so prevalent that it's just not as good as it once was. But if you are above average in looks and live in a decent sized city, I highly recommend that you supplement your dating strategy with online dating because it's something that you can engage with at any time and there are still some pretty cool women that you can meet. If you do need support building an amazing profile and having great conversations that convert into dates, check out my school of online dating in the comments below. In second place is social dating. And honestly, I think for many guys, this strategy fixes multiple problems in one fell swoop. Too many guys don't live lives that make them happy. They have this pattern of spending too much time alone outside of work, slumped in front of the TV or playing video games. If this is you, building a more vibrant social life by engaging in hobbies or learning new skills is a really important ticket to living a more rewarding life. And on top of that, you're going to be bringing a lot more women into your life. And lastly, as far as I'm concerned, cold approaching is still far and away the gold standard for meeting women. It's suitable for the largest variety of men, and it will consistently get you meeting the best women you're capable of meeting. Sure, the journey of learning how to cold approach is a long and hard one. But you will never regret having mastered it long after you've gone into a long-term relationship, because those are some serious life skills most people lack. To be able to walk up to strangers and get them liking you in a short amount of time will never cease to be useful. If you can be willing to invest a year to master this, your life will honestly change forever. If you live in Australia and are really ready to make a change in your life by mastering cold approaching once and for all, I seriously suggest you reach out and work with me or my coaches on this skill. I'll leave a link in the comments below. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Don't forget to check us out at schoolofattraction.com. I highly recommend you check out my comprehensive and free dating personality test, which you can find by clicking personality test at the top of the page. Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you in my next podcast.